This podcast is brought to you by Uncaged from Z-Mind Game Studios, Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska, and by listeners like you. Go to patreon.com slash twoheadednerd now to become a supporter. Broadcasting from the Ziggurat at Omaha, deep below the metro area, it is our pleasure to welcome you to the Landmark Collector's Item Foil-Stamped episode... No. 460! That's not a thing. ...of Two-Headed Nerd Comic Book Podcast. My name is Matt Block. It, it doesn't mean... This is a collector's item. ...anything. This one's going to be worth a shitload on eBay. It's just a number that ends in zero. We're going to say something super controversial, so they're going to pull it off the internet, and then it's really going to be worth money. Oh, the whole print run's going to get pulled. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yikes. It's like that League of Extraordinary Gentlemen issue. Yeah, right. That talked about like Marvel vibrators. <laughs> and I'm Joe Patrick. Each week, Matt and I discuss Wednesday's new comics, comic book movies, TV, news, and all the juicy rumors swimming around the internets. We're just two nerdy buddies sharing one body due to an ancient curse. And if I ever get around to it, I might actually draw the story of how it happened. He said he was going to, and just teased me. So let's hit the ground running, nerds! As always, Wednesday delivered a veritable cornucopia of new comics. But that wasn't enough for comic gluttons like us. So Joe and I will be reviewing ten comics from this and last week so fast that I doubt anyone finds it useful at all. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the Ludicrous Speed Round! Ludicrous Speed! Go! Actionverse, number one from Action Lab. It's 32 pages for $3.99. Actionverse returns, or returned last week anyway, this time as an anthology book that will touch on different characters in said Actionverse. Okay, see, I looked at this and I was going to put it in my five, and when I looked at it, it was like all about Stray. That's just the first story is where it's going. Here, I thought it was like an interconnected like Hasbro-verse. Let me get there. Stray, formerly known as the Rottweiler, the kid sidekick of the Doberman, is coming of age and wants to start a team of teen heroes of his own. With the help of the Doberman, the Titan, and the other members of the Actionverse, their JLA homage. The Corgi, yeah. the Pitbull. <laughs> yeah, they're all in there. The Shih Tzu Poo. The Sharpe. <laughs> the Teen Aegis forms, and writer Vito Delasanti captures the spirit of the first stray mini that I enjoyed perfectly. Lee Gaston is serviceable. Very good on art here. Not great, but does a good enough job. It's got kind of a cartoony feel because I do think... Just good enough. It's an all-ages book, and it feels like all-ages art. There was certainly nothing new or challenging to the reader here, but it was a solid story and fun. It was an uplifting read on a new comic shelf crowded with too many dark, nihilistic superhero comics. I'm giving it a buy. Yeah, I read a couple straight comics, so they were good. They were good. Mm -hmm. Yes, this is just going to touch on all the different corners of the action verse, right? We're opening with straight. I thought that they were actually like doing a team up like a team book. Well, they are. I mean, the, these teen heroes are coming together and these some of the other heroes are in another group. So, all right, all right. Yeah, that's the thing. All right. Kingsman, the Red Diamond, number one from Image. It's 32 pages. It's $3.99. It's not written by Mark Miller. Yeah, I, I mentioned that. Okay. The Secret Service is back just in time for the movie sequel to hit theaters. But as Matt said, this time without series creators Mark Miller and Dave Gibbons. Writer Rob Williams and artist Simon Fraser do a fine job stepping into those shoes to tell the further adventures of Eggsy, the working-class super spy that's trying to follow in his mentor's footsteps. Williams' script is full of the same cheeky humor of the original story and the film, complete with unexpected cameos from real-life British... uh, Nope, from real-life American starlets and members of British royalty. 
The final scene was hilarious, despite depicting the grisly death of a scientist at the hands of the book's villain. Uh, they are fighting over who made the last few crappy Terminator movies. Ah. And it's like, ah, uh, yes, Brett Ratner, that hack. <laughs> and the guy, the scientist is in the... Uh, they're gonna fire him out the air, out of the airlock into into the deep ocean. And he's like, "It was McGee," yeah. <laughs> and then his head explodes. That's great. Uh, <laughs> Simon, uh, to be perfectly candid, Simon Fraser is no Dave Gibbons. No, but his art is really great. He's able to fully capture the various worlds Eggsy finds himself in, whether it's dealing with high tech spy stuff, high adventure dangling from a cable car over the London docks. Or going back home to the low-rent squalor he grew up in. I really enjoy the concept. I loved the Kingsman movie. I love it, and I'm oh, yeah. so excited for next week. Totally. It's one of my favorite things Mark Miller has come up with. I'm going to tell you this, though. I liked it better than the original, which I'm reading really? for the first time right now concurrently. And this is much more in tone with the movie. Yeah. And the original is not. The original, the idea was there. but They... Uh, they I, I am giving full credit to Matthew Vaughn for shaping that into oh, what it is. Oh, most definitely. Uh, but this was great. The Kingsmen are in good hands with Williams and Frazier. It's a buy it. Journey to Star Wars, colon, The Last Jedi, dash, Captain Phasma. I just inserted that punctuation. I don't know Fair where. From Marvel, it's number one. From Marvel for 32 pages for $3.99. I got a hot take here, so stay with me. Okay. Okay. Captain Phasma was one of my favorite characters from the J.J. Abrams Star Wars The Force Awakens uh, film. I thought you were going to say something really sexist. No, 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 not at all. Not just because she was a badass female stormtrooper in silver armor, but because we barely learned anything about her. Here's why I love her, and I'm just going to say this. She's our new Boba Fett. She's the new Boba Fett. She's that character you got a little bit of, and you're like, who the hell is that? That character is awesome. I want to know more. Turns out that's what we get here. And just like Boba Fett, we all thought she died. No. She didn't. Turns out Phasma. I didn't think she died. I just forgot that she was there when they blew up the place. She's way too badass to die. And writer Kelly Thompson tells us the story of how she survived the destruction of the Starkiller base with help from artist Marco Cicchetto, who is literally born to illustrate Star Wars stories. He's the good. guy is amazing. He's good. Thompson and Cicchetto are mapping out an interesting side story that may not be the true prequel you're looking for, but you cannot deny the quality here. Captain Phasma gets a gigantic buy it. I love what they're doing in the story, and I'm not going to spoil it. It's very, very clever. Four Kids Walk Into a Bank, number five from Black Mask. It's 32 pages for $3.99. Four Kids Walk Into a Bank is probably my favorite miniseries of the last year. Wow. Uh, well, 20 months, <laughs> give or take. Is that how many months are you? That's how long it took them to put five issues out. Well, you know. Uh, but still, writer Matthew Rosenberg and artist Tyler Boss have completely blown me away with their story of Paige and her weirdo friends who band together to prevent her ex-con father from falling back into a life of crime. This issue ends the story probably the only way it could have ended, but I'm still cursing Rosenberg for all the things left unsaid. And that's not a criticism. The writer lets you draw your own conclusions from the story's end. Boss's art reminds me of David Aja at peak Hawkeye levels, like the design of it. Mm -hmm. It's gorgeous through and through. Four Kids Walking to a Bank has been funny and compelling and heartbreaking, sometimes all at once. Absolutely pick up the collection when it comes out this fall. Huge buy it. 
Sheena, number one from Dynamite. Did you know that Sheena was the first female character to have her own solo comic series? It's true. I didn't. She first appeared in, in comics in Great Britain in 1937 and was printed in the States in 1938, beating Wonder Woman by three solid years. I had to look it up, too. Don't feel bad. Writer Marguerite Bennett captures the spirit of the female Tarzan by making her hard as nails and willing to murder anyone that threatens her jungle paradise. Yes, she's still wearing the Vampirella bikini with cheetah print, but Sheena is no damsel in distress. Moratat is on art duties here, and he's amazing. But I love Moratat. He's co-credited with someone named Demi Macheras, and there is something a little more loose than usual with the art. It's not bad. It's still very effective and very solid, but there were some panels that felt a little unfinished to me. Regardless, Bennett's story sees Sheena and her survival, the fittest beliefs, coming face-to-face -face with modern-day capitalism in the form of a mining company sending a mercenary force to find a missing surveyor. Sheena is an important and little-known female character in comics history, and I'm very happy to see creators like Bennett and Moritat updating the character while holding on to that history. Sheena is a great read with a strong, sexy female character that doesn't have to resort to bad girl tactics and poses to keep readers intrigued. I'm giving it a buy it. Made Men, number one from Oni. It is 32 pages for $3.99. Paul Tobin is a writer that's really surprised me over the years. He got a start writing all-ages superhero titles and eventually moved into the terrifying nightmare realm of projects like Colder. Now he's back with Made Men, a modern-day Frankenstein story about the death and life of Jute Shelley. Ooh, that's a bummer name. I don't know what that first name is. A Detroit cop that happens to be descended from history's most infamous scientist. The story starts with a betrayal, then shifts gears into horror revenge. I don't know if I... Did I make that up? Is that a genre? No, of course oh, it's a genre. Horror revenge? Yeah, I spit on your grave? Come on. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. No, I spit on your grave. All Nightmare Elm Street was all horror revenge. Come on. Absolutely was. Freddy went after the children of the people that killed him. Yeah, but he, Freddy's the monster, right? <laughs> that is still horror revenge. That's not no, that's not what I think I of when I say horror revenge. I am not splitting hairs here. <laughs> anyway, anyway, as Jute returns with her undead squad to find those that were responsible for their murders, one's got a lion face. It's crazy. Whoa. This was a great setup for what I think is going to be a really fun story. The art by... Arunia Susini is heavy with black ink, like veteran artists Steve Lytle and Tom Mandrake. I know those two artists are very different, but they both employ a lot of heavy yes. inks. Susini slips between Lytle's slick, expressive lines, big eyes, and Mandrake's heavy uh, chiaroscuro. Chiaroscuro. I know the word, man. Thanks. <laughs> I graduated from art school. Okay. I really enjoyed Made Men number one. It's a fun concept. The creators execute it very well. It's a buy it. Wow. The Realm, number one from Image. It's 32 pages for $3.99. 15 years ago, the world as we know it was overrun by creatures of myth. Orcs, goblins, dragons, Frankensteins, etc. Destroyed modern society, leaving mankind to hide and live out a walking dead type society with monsters instead of zombies. I have followed artist Jeremy Hahn since his work on B. Claymore's Battle Hymn way back in the day. This was 2005, I believe, from Image. While his work in the past was solid, Hahn's art has never looked better. It, he's illustrating this bleak-looking society after monsters of myth destroy the world as we know it, and it looks great. Very cinematic stuff. 
Seth Peck writes here and does a wonderful and restrained job. I, mean, I think they're co-writing. Uh, I, it's I think not, it Seth is Peck is not listed as the writer. It's like okay. those two guys are together. Seth Peck is his co-writer here and does yeah. a wonderful job and in restrained world building through the eyes of a small cast. Realm, at its core, is just another zombie apocalypse book, but the story is pulled off cleverly enough that I can see Peck and Han creating a compelling long game here. Realm was a solid introduction to another apocalyptic future, but very well executed. I'm giving it a buy it. It's called The Realm. The gotta be, Realm. Gotta be careful of that The. It's hiding. The Realm, The Realm, The Realm. Runaways, number one from Marvel's 32 pages. It's $3.99. How did Gert come back? Here we go. Young adult novelist Rainbow Rowell and artist Chris Anka have the unenviable task of bringing back one of the most beloved teen books of the early 2000s. In this first issue, Chase and Nico reunite to save the life of Gertrude Yorks. The problem is that Gert died two years ago. Story time. Not Again, time. nobody says that. Don't worry about it. Well, yeah, but they don't know that. They're just kids. They don't know. Give me a break. I had no idea what to expect from Rainbow here because I haven't read any of her work since she was a columnist for the Omaha World Herald. She nails it. She nails it. Rowell captures the personalities of the two-ish members that we meet in this issue and does a great job letting the reader know that these characters have been through some shit without having to fill page after page with exposition. Chris Anka's artwork is beautifully expressive. He effortlessly conveys Chase's desperation, Nico's frustration. His pages are full of detail. And it was the little things I was impressed by the most, like uh, Nico's got like black nail polish peeling on her fingertips in every in every panel. It's like that's such a small yeah. thing. But that's also like true in true goth kid form. <laughs> like well, sure. your your makeup never looks good. <laughs> I admit I was a little hesitant when Marvel announced this revival, but I am thrilled with what Rowell and Anka are delivering so far. Runaways number one gets a huge buy it. If you if you used to love the Runaways and have fallen off, pick this up. It was really wonderful. Ninjack number zero from Valiant. Valiant. I don't know where I wrote Titan. Sorry. It's three ninety nine for forty pages. You are all over the place with your <laughs> writing I this know. week. The zero issues keep on coming from Valiant, and just like the others, this one does a fantastic job of bringing new readers up to speed on the history and future of the character. It's of Ninjak. freaking me out that they're writing it on the cover as though it were Ninja K, not Ninjak. No, it's Ninjak. Stop it, Ninja K. Matt Kent and Christos Gage A through J. Stop that. Matt Kent and Christos Gage are writing here, so of course. The two give readers a look at the past, present, and future of Ninjak. Both have made a career of challenging comic storytelling norms and are just showing off with this issue. I was already on board for Ninjak, and normally these zero issues can be a waste of time for the monthly reader, but Kent engaged... Not the Valiant ones, though. Not at all. They managed to introduce just enough mystery with Ninjak's future to keep Valiant stalwarts, like me, invested. Ninjak Zero gets a buy it now. Quit spending your hard-earned cash on Deadpool and Harley Quinn comics. Ninjak and a horde of other Valiant heroes and villains deserve your attention and money. Buy them all. Don't tell people what to do. Do it's it. It's okay to like Deadpool and Harley Quinn. No, it's not. Retcon number one from Image is 32 pages for $3.99. The solicit for Retcon number one proclaims, Part one, the reboot of a comic book miniseries that has never existed. Okay. <laughs> Time to travel back. And jump in on this comic while it was new. <laughs> That's great. All right. 
Creators Matt Nixon and Toby Cypress are having a ton of fun with this high concept series featuring disavowed members of a paranormal black ops squad trying to survive assassination attempts by the government that once employed them. Spoilers, America kind of sucks sometimes, guys. Yeah, you know. The concept is totally bonkers, and I hope that the time travel hints in that solicit mean that we're going to get a chance to see the squad in action in their prime, because in this issue, it's like way after the fact, and like the guy's shell-shocked that AA is like, <laughs> I, it's it's... So it literally is like the first new issue, but right. all, everything takes place after the action. And yeah, I mean, but that's not to say that there isn't action, right. because there definitely is. Uh, it's just like, but squad, I want to see the squad. Yeah. <laughs> Nixon's script blends action movie sensibilities with real world issues like PTSD, substance abuse, and the way the government treats veterans. Toby Cypress's art is so loose that it borders on the surreal, like... Like the weird artistic fusion of Ben Templesmith, Paul Pope, and Jim Mafood. If you can somehow Whoa. imagine that. Toby Cypress drew a graphic novel that we reviewed like when we were very early on in the okay. show. When we were still recording at Legend on and Saturday it was mornings. Called. I don't remember, but it was about futuristic car races. Do you remember us reading that? Uh, Rad Racer? No, that was the name of a video game. No. Rod Racer. Rod Racer. R-O-D-D, yeah. Yes, that's Rod Racer. And it was awesome. I remember loving that. Yeah. His art is just so crazy. Yeah, he's got like a real Sean Murphy kind of thing going on too. No, no. Because no? Sean Murphy is like slick lines, high detail. This is like very loose, impressionistic. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's exactly like I said. Like if you like Paul Pope, uh, like... Jim Mafood's art is too structured compared to Toby Cypress. Good Lord. It's not going to win over anyone looking for a more traditional action style, but I love it. Okay. Recon number one was a blast to read, and I can't wait to see what the future or the past brings next month. Buy it. That is your ludicrous speed round, and... Is the sound of Burger using a trampoline to jump over a fence while evading the cops, as seen in the pages of Four Kids Walking to a Bank, number five. And it's your onomatopoeia of the week as submitted by Patrick Briggs via email. Thank now, you, Patrick. I actually read it in my head as more like the sound of a trampoline, like a boingy sound, like, fuck you. <laughs> no, not at all. If you love cursing during trampoline routines and want to submit an onomatopoeia of the week, an onomatopoeia of the week. Pardon me. It's a tough one to just roll through. Hit us up on any of our social media platforms or shoot us an email at twoheadednerd at gmail.com. It's time to visit the THN Sanctum Sanctorum, a quiet and removed room in the ziggurat where Matt and I maintain our library of magical and cursed domes and relics, all of which we are only creative enough to use to discuss next week's comics. Yeah, imagine if we ever got our shit together. It's like having an <laughs> iPhone, but only being able to play Angry Birds on it. Yeah, or just use the Yo app, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yo, yo, yo. <laughs> Mine, it's just like fart noises. Like, yeah. Matt, what's your must-read pick for next Wednesday? My pick for next week is Dark Ark, because it's super fun to say. Number one, Dark Ark from Aftershock. It's written by Cullen Bunn, who apparently just, doesn't have enough going on nah. with art by Wando. 
John Doe's little brother. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah. 32 pages for $3.99. Here's your solicit. The wickedness of mankind has moved the creator to destroy the world by way of flood. Noah has been tasked with building an ark to save his family and the animals of the world. But this is not Noah's story. For darker powers have commanded the sorcerer Shrey, I guess, S-H-R-A-E, Shrey, to build his own ark and save the unnatural creatures of the world, such as the vampires, the dragons, the naga, and the manticore. But what will happen on a vessel crawling with monsters where insidious intrigue and horrific violence are the rule of law? You think there's like some Jersey Devils on there? Uh, some Bigfoots? Yeah, I get big feet. <laughs> it sounds great. It I love it. Sounds bonkers. Uh, Colin Bunn is like kind of having a heyday with taking this old mythology and making it scary. I'm into it, man. Good for him. What's your pick for next week? Look, I can't help it. I'm reading Dark Knight's Metal. Dark Knight's Metal number two came out this week, and it is so fucking stupid. It was, it was nuts. But I love it yeah. to death. Yeah, they're just not fucking around. It like, is, Let's have fun. Like, remember when it was announced, and it was like, Dark Knight's Metal, and we were like, oh, God, not dark. Don't go back yeah, to dark. Yeah, yeah. That's not what they meant. They meant, like, heavy metal, like, throw the horns up. Yeah. Dio style. The cover to number one literally is Greg Capullo drawing the Justice League in the shape of a hand giving the devil horns. Yep. I did not realize it until the day it <laughs> you came didn't? out. No. <laughs> because who would do something like that? Anyway, related, my pick for next week <laughs> is Batman the Red Death number one from DC Comics. It's written by Joshua Williamson with art by Carmine Di Gian Domenico. It's 32 pages for $3.99. If you're paying attention, you'll know that that's your Flash creative team, which means. This is the story of the evil Batman Flash from the Dark Multiverse. Oh, boy. That just got unleashed into the DC Universe. He, they're scary. Uh, these solicits are all, like, very generic. Like, what will happen? I'm not going to bother reading it. But, yeah, this is about the evil Batman Flash that is now loose in the world and what havoc he's going to wreak. I can't wait. So cool. Oh, man. Yeah. All, they all look so gross and creepy. <laughs> The THN trade of the week goes to Legion by Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning. It's a trade paperback. R.I.P. R.I.P. The partnership. They're not dead. R.I.P. The partnership of Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning. Trade paperback from DC Comics. It's written by Abnett and Lanning with art by Olivier Coapel. I can't wait till I meet this person and be like, I don't say my name. That's how he says his name. And and you don't have to say it like an asshole. It's 224 pages for $24.99. Wow. Not bad, DC. That's like a penny a page. You just solicit the Legion of Superheroes, including Livewire, Cosmic Boy, Saturn Girl, Chameleon, Brainiac 5.1, Apparition, and more, are faced with protecting the United Planets from the worst threats in the universe, but even they aren't prepared for the blight invading from the darkest region of space. I'm going to come out and say it. This is the only Legion series I ever cared about <laughs> oh man <laughs> this and legion lost which came afterwards was oh, legion man. lost a direct spin off of this era yeah. of legion so this collects i, I wish they'd put the name of the storyline in the title of the book but this collects the storyline that they debuted on that crossed over between legionnaires and legion of superheroes uh that kind of wrapped up both of those books and then they launched yes. legion lost after that yes Oh, it was it's so, so good. Yeah, it was great. And it is the comic book that brought us Olivier Coipel. There you go. This I'm a Legion first... hater. I loved this series. You, you don't know 
what you're talking no, about. Please. So there's our picks for next week. But we need to know what you're excited for. Anthony will be so sad to hear you talk like this. He knows. I make fun of him for it all the time. Hit us up on our social media platforms. Tell us what you want us to read. Tell us what you want us to review. Tell us what we're missing. Okay? We need your help. It's not going to change anything. We only have time to review 10 things a week. True. And we may or may not listen. But whatever. I'll listen. Okay, nerds, before we move along to our cover-to-cover segment, as you heard in the beginning of the show, we have got a new sponsor, and they're awesome. Thank you very much to Uncaged. It's a new physical card game. It doesn't have an app or a browser yet. Could be coming. I don't know. But it's a mixed martial arts-themed card game. Styles can include everything from pro wrestling to karate, Muay Thai, Jiu-Jitsu, boxing, and more. It's easy to learn. It's difficult to master, you got to think about it. There's a lot of strategy here, very similar to Magic the Gathering and Yu-Gi-Oh. There's deep mechanics, but they're easily accessible to the casual fan. This is for ages 12 and up. Play is similar to arcade games like Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat, but it uses cards instead of buttons, so you don't have to worry about some jerk just showing up and smashing buttons until he kicks your ass, even though you've learned all the combos and stuff. This one, you got to think about it. You actually have to play it. There's great artwork. There's a colorful and diverse cast of international characters. Uncaged, guys. It's awesome. I'm still waiting for mine to show up. There's a great YouTube video at uncaged-cards.com that's going to show you how to play. You can go there to order it as well. Huge thanks to Z-Mind Games. You can follow them on the Twitter at Z-E-Mind-Games. And remember, go to uncaged-cards.com to order it. Our buddy Charlie's behind this. He put a ton of work into it. It looks like fun. Check it out. When you do, you don't just help Charlie out. You help us out. Joe Patrick, it's time for our cover-to-cover segment where we unleash the floodgates of the internet on this show. But before we invite a legion of fanboys slash girls slash freaks and slash geeks to this party, we better talk about this week's New information has been revealed about the forthcoming Marvel 2-in-1 relaunch spinning out of Marvel Legacy. Uh, you may recall we talked about it when they announced all the books and yeah. we were all pretty meh no. about all of them. No, but this was the one we were kind of excited about. Well, sure. Like, it sounds, we both had a soft spot for Marvel 2-in-1. Right. It sounds fun and all, but it doesn't. It didn't exactly sound like mm, must-reading. Get on your microphone. You Tell them about Marvel 2-in-1. So Marvel 2-in-1. For those who don't know. In the early 80s, much like Marvel Team-Up. Right. Uh, was a monthly team up book starring the thing. So each issue he would team up with a different hero. It was awesome. Uh, Marvel team up was the same thing, but with Spider-Man. Yes. And uh, Marvel two one had a lengthy run. It ran a hundred issues and, and it's super fun. Like who doesn't love the thing teaming up with a variety of characters from the Marvel universe. It's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So they're bringing it back in Marvel legacy and it was just like, okay, great. A thing team up book that does sound fun. But it sounds like it's much more important than we may have originally thought. Quite possibly. Marvel has revealed the creative team of the book as writer Chip Zdarsky, Zdarsky, sorry, I've been informed. Yes. And artist Jim Chung, which immediately elevates this book up to big deal status. Jim this is Chung, a big boy event. Huge artist. Yes. Amazingly talented, too. Everybody loves Jim Chung. And the synopsis of at least the first arc for Marvel 2-in-1 Ben Grimm and Johnny Storm, the two founding members of the Fantastic Four, 
will undertake a mission to make their family whole again. That's right. It's the quest for the Fantastic Four. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Uh, readers will know, of course, that Reed, Sue, Franklin, and Val are fine. They're out there in the multiverse restoring things following sure. the destruction of Secret Wars. Which was dumb. But eh, it's not dumb. It's dumb. They're sitting somewhere in space making planets? Dumb. What is dumb about it? They're explorers. Like, it's the ultimate exploration. I get it, but, it was, but so- that's not what they were doing. It was like reaching into a bag and throwing galaxies. <laughs> Listen, you want to call crap. Jonathan Hickman up and tell him to his face that he's dumb, you go ahead. Well, we both agree he has trouble sticking the landing on his stories. I don't agree with that. Jonathan yeah. Hickman? No. Yeah. No. Yes. No. You said it. You said it. You heard it here first. That's a dirty <laughs> lie. Uh... But so everyone, uh, of course, reading the books knows that they're out there somewhere, but the Marvel Universe thinks they're dead. Which is stupid. But j- Because nobody dies in the Marvel Universe. Stop no one should ever think stupid. anyone is dead. <laughs> Stop saying things are stupid. Well, it's like, why do they even go to funerals anymore? It's like, he'll be back in a few weeks. Just Not relax. everybody comes back from the dead. Almost. But yeah, you're right. Uncle Ben. That's about it. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying. Johnny Storm just hey, died not too long ago. He's feeling much better. Jack Flagg hasn't come back from the dead. Mm, that's true. It's only a matter of time. You think so? Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait till that wait till he pops gritty up in, Jack Flagg revival. In Guardians 3, and they have to bring Jack Flagg back. You watch. Um, so, Johnny and Ben are going on a quest to reunite the Fantastic Four. Little do they know... Dr. Doom, of course, holds the key to finding their missing relatives. Yeah, because Doom was in charge of Doom World. and uh, He was the god Wars. of uh, yeah. Secret Wars. If yeah. anybody can get him, it's Doom. I don't know. I, Matt, I just, I just want to know one thing. Did I just win a nerd bet? I don't know. I'm not willing to say that yet. Because this could be the Return of the Fantastic Four. Or this could be the beginning of the prequel to the return of the Fantastic Four. I don't know. Well, sure, but I mean, I think... It could be a giant tease, is all I'm saying. I think any forward momentum towards the Fantastic Four-ish direction... I don't, I don't disagree with that Makes at all. me happy. Now, um, here's the other thing. Marvel, when they do these big returns, they typically do one. And we also got news that it looks like adult Jean Grey. Well, not definitive news, but not yeah, definitive. there's... There are many things pointing to a grown-up Jean Grey, the Phoenix, returning in Marvel Legacy. Right. The actual one-shot Marvel Legacy, which is where the 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 grand return of the iconic Marvel character yeah. is has been promised. So yeah, I was being silly. I know that that's not exactly the nerd bet we right. were talking about. Um I'm thrilled either way. No, it's it, like you said, anything that moves closer to the return of the Fantastic Four, good. Well, well, real quick, while we're talking about just something for you to like try to wrap your noodle around <laughs> until it comes out, uh, Marvel put out a preview of several of the three-page primer right. pages that are going to be in the in the books, and the Avengers one is in uh, Avengers six hundred and seventy-two or whatever it is okay. that's coming out, drawn by Daniel Acuna, uh, and it. At the end, it features a spread of modern Avengers, and it's, you know, the current team, right. plus a few people that may have, haven't been around for a while, like the restored Captain America, um, uh, uh, Hercules. I love the Hercules. Jane Foster's Thor. Also, Thor Odinson in his current outfit with the short hair. The unworthy Thor. Wielding Mjolnir. What? They both have a Mjolnir. What? 
They both have a Mjolnir. Yeah. I'll say it again for the record. Two Mjolnirs. The Thor core. It's all happening. <laughs> I, just, I don't know. In other news, Deadline reports that Terry Moore is working with screenwriter-director Angela Robinson on a live-action film adaptation of his long-running comic book title, Strangers in Paradise. Love it. Robinson wrote and directed the upcoming Professor Marston and Wonder Woman and said she's been wanting to work on this for over 10 years. Here's Here's her quote. I've been wanting to adapt Strangers in Paradise for over a decade. I just said that. That's what she. That's what it said, yeah. <laughs> Since the first time I read it and I couldn't put it down, Terry Moore writes real female characters with such breathtaking sensitivity, and it's true. He really does. We both love Strangers in Paradise. I do. I love it. Uh, it ran for 107 issues from 1993 to 2007. It was fantastic. It's it's romance. It's crime. It's sci-fi. It's drama. It got weird. There's no sci-fi. It no, got a little weird with not. UFOs and stuff. There was, no! No! <laughs> Uh, it's it's a wonderful book. My question is, uh, a movie, can they really pull that off in two hours? No. No. I don't think you can. And I don't think that this is the sort of thing where it's like, Strangers in Paradise, part one. Yeah. This <laughs> no. Is, this is not going to we'll be- We'll be lucky to get one Strangers yeah, in Paradise movie. this is not going to be a blockbuster franchise. If you want to do this, do it as a series. Do it on Netflix. So do you think or- that they focus purely on the relationship stuff and maybe a little bit of the crime stuff with David? I don't know. I don't- I don't want them to do it any other way than the way Terry Moore did it because Strangers in Paradise is such a wonderful book. And I'm not saying that you could even capture everything they did there in a series, but you could do a hell of a lot more. And this seems like a waste of the property to put in a movie because you're going to have to condense the fuck out of it. You're going to have to cut out a yeah, bunch of great stuff. But you're going to get it in front of way more peepers in a movie theater than you are on a television screen. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe it totally bombs. You don't know. I mean... I don't know how they would sell this because the story is so strange. I did say peepers just then. The, because the story is so complex, it's, it's not so much strange, but it is very complex. I think you need to let it gently unfold and you can't do that in two and a half hours. I don't know. I, I'm just happy that something's being done with it and it seems like she's a fan. I'm happy and that's, that Terry Moore is getting paid. And, and he's working closely with her. Yeah. I just, when I, when I see, same with Sandman where they're like, yeah. Or, or preacher even when that was yeah. the, when that was the big talk. Don't like, do it as a movie. We're gonna do a movie of preacher. Uh, okay, great. But what part of preacher are you gonna focus on? Right. What part of Sandman are you gonna get done in two, even three hours? Exactly. These huge epics, like I don't don't give me a Why the Last Man one movie. Right. I don't. It doesn't work. You're not doing a service to the story. That you you way. can do that with a graphic novel. Don't do it with a series. I mean, I'm not saying that they can't put out a really good movie featuring the sure. themes from Strangers in Paradise, but it won't be the story of Strangers in no, Paradise. you're going to have to skip over a lot of the best stuff. I'm hoping for the best, though. In other Hollywood news, the first look at actor David Harbour in costume as Hellboy in the upcoming self-titled reboot was released by the film's official Twitter account. I'm assuming it's just at Hellboy. <laughs> Maybe not. Hellboy underscore movie. Yeah, it's something like know. that. I can't remember. I bet you they did not. I bet you they were not quick enough to Twitter to get at Hellboy. I bet you some Mike some Mignola teenager probably. Mike has Mignola probably has that. <laughs> People have pointed out there are some differences between uh, Harbor's version and Ron Perlman's version. Uh, this guy's got longer hair, which I don't love. Uh, the right hand of Doom is a little bit more angular. I think it looks good. Well, in recent days, Hellboy has had his hair like Hellboy kind of has a ponytail, up. yeah, like a, like some sort of. But he's been sort of samurai it up. bun, right? So I think it's kind gotten of, longer. So, um, if they're doing that, fine. But don't like that first picture where he's got his bald, 
head with the horns and then his long flowing hair. No, thank you. It didn't bother me. I, I didn't don't. bother me. Please pull that hair back. Cowboy. Please. I stare at a lot of shirtless guys on the internet and this one thrilled me. It, I think he looks fantastic. <laughs> it's just him standing there, you know, like, and he's not too ripped up. He's ripped, but he's not like he's ripped up. He's more ripped up. I think than Ron Perlman. Most definitely. And well, if Ron you Perlman, look back at the Ron Perlman, he wore like a Ricardo Montalban yeah. fake chest. Yeah. He looks um, fantastic. The arm, the hand looks great. Like we all thought that Ron Perlman looked great as Hellboy, and mm-hmm. he does. But yeah. if you look back at it now, effects are much better now, obviously. Yeah. And I looked at the, I looked at a, a, a Ron Perlman image for comparison. It's like, oh boy, it was pretty silly. It looks kind of cheesy in comparison yeah. to this very fancy looking new. It looks awesome. Scary, even. This is all part of the R-rated reboot. David Harbour is going to star as. Pardon me, as Hellboy. And he's joined by Ian McShane, Mila Jovovich, and Daniel Day Kim, who's replacing Ed Skirin as Captain Ben Daimio. They just officially announced that this past week, too. Uh, Daniel Day Kim left Hawaii 5 0 because he found out his white co stars were getting paid more than him. I thought that show ended. No, oh, no. it ended because he left. Oh, well, good for him. <laughs> they were like, go screw. Good for him. However, uh, Daimyo is Japanese American and Daniel Day Kim is Korean. Yeah. But you know what? Regardless, you know Hollywood's like, but it's Asia. You at least yeah, come on. You at least got it <laughs> into the ballpark. He'll be fine. He's you a got great it actor. into the ballpark. Uh, so yeah, the this movie is being made by uh, Neil Marshall, who made The Descent. The Descent is great. Yeah, that movie is great. It was terrifying. I can't yeah. believe you could watch that. Oh yeah, it was scary as hell. It is very scary. You know, I love creature. I love creatures. I do too. I don't like slash them up, torture jump scare such stuff. Such a baby. But I like like monsters. Hey, guess what, Joe? Remember that little Wonder Woman movie? Did all right this summer? Hey, wait, wait a minute. We already did three news stories. What are you doing here? I'm, I'm taking it further. I'm going nuts because there's more to talk about. All right. It turns out that Wonder Woman, which made more money than the really crappy Superman v. Batman Dawn of Murderous Justice, is getting a sequel. Finally, they just greenlighted this and got Patty Jenkins to return. I don't think it made more than Batman v. Superman it Dawn did. of Justice. Yeah, though. beat it. Warner Brothers has been in negotiations with Jenkins since the film's debut in June, with a previous deadline report indicating that the extended negotiations were because of Jenkins asking for equal pay to what male directors would receive in her situation. That is disgusting. What is disgusting about this story is she had to hold out to get paid like a dude. Well, sure. What the fuck, Warner Brothers? No, I know. But of course, this is... (laughs) Come on. (laughs) This is in no way a defense of Warner Brothers, but like, this is Hollywood in general, as it is now, and it's a fucking shame. Yeah. Uh, and I am so proud of Patty Jenkins for saying, you know what? Pay me. You, know, you want me to come back and do it again? Pay me. Yeah. Because she deserves she it. She got paid $1 million for the original Wonder Woman film. $1 million for a movie <laughs> that made $440 million. That is disgusting. No, I totally agree. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm, I'm glad she... I'm glad she's back. I'm glad she's getting what's hers. Yeah. I'm glad she's coming back selfishly like the thought of her not coming back to do Wonder Woman and right. having somebody else try to do it was not a great thought. Well, it also just seems like a shame that whenever we see any of these superhero movies perform well in the first week, they, the studio just turns and goes, dude, man, you're making number two. Bang. Let's go to Vegas. You know? I mean, yeah. It's right. just, it's upsetting. Speaking uh, of return. Hey, I got this one. This is my time to shine. I'm kicking it on you. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Following up on a story we reported last week, J.J. Abrams has agreed to return 
to direct Star Wars Episode Nine. I, I mean, yeah, it's the most obvious choice. Well, what else could you do? What right. possible choice could you have? Right. I, I mean, don't. I don't want to hear about it in the chat or on Twitter. I know what other choices they could have yeah, made. Yeah, sure. But it's like, yes, go to the guy that that at least brought Star Wars back from the right. brink of death. Not to mention the fact that this is just safe. This is very safe. You're hedging your bet with a guy that already succeeded. He's a talented guy. Big time he Everybody succeeded. likes him. Yeah. And obviously there was some problems with director Colin Trevorrow and Kathleen, what's her name? Kathleen Kennedy. Thank you. Kathleen Kennedy. President of Lucasfilm. And like reportedly, it was like Trevorrow after Jurassic World. After Jurassic World blew up, yeah. he was just like, his ego apparently went right. insane. And then he made another movie after that yeah. called Henry, I think. And it totally And tanked. it was a piece of shit. Yeah. Yes, it was awful. But he like doesn't even mention that. He just marches around singing the Jurassic theme song. You know? <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> Colin Trevorrow's here to save this show. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, fuck you, Colin. You're fired. Yeah. <laughs> and nobody wanted to deal with this crap. So JJ is back. He's going to co-write the film. Great. Awesome. Chris, Please. JJ the Talented Guy. He's co-writing with Chris Terrio, who is also one of the writers of the Justice League film. We're not as excited. Well, for. I mean, because he's Ben Affleck's boy, he wrote Argo. He also wrote Argo, wrote Argo, which was great. Yeah. Argo was wonderful. Hey, maybe Justice League's going to be great. So when do we get this movie? This movie has been pushed back. It was going to come out in May of 2019, which seemed odd to me when I read it. I was like, right? I just assumed it would be Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. Yeah. Right? Um, but it's been pushed back to December. Okay, that's so, fine. This is what we get for Christmas. Right. I love it. Yeah, every Christmas, a new Star Wars movie. That's just how I assumed it was going to be. Fine with me. So they were going to do episode eight in December of this year, Han Solo in um, whatever of right. next year, and then boom again in May with another Star Wars. I guess. Nah, just pick, make it a Christmas present. Yes. Make it a Hanukkah present for the fans. Yeah. Because there's Jews in space. Yeah, and J.J. Abrams, they probably love it. He's a mensch. A good guy. All right, well, we're going <laughs> to punch out of this conversation before it gets any worse. That's the big news for this week. If you want to discuss these stories that we just talked about or anything else we missed, you can call us right now because it's time for our cover-to-cover cover segment where you nerds take over the damn podcast. You can call us at 402-819-4894. Every Saturday we do this. Sometimes we start at 11, sometimes a little later. But before we get into this, Joey, I need you to reset the question of the week. Since we've been doing the news before opening the phone lines, it has been later than 11. Yes. <laughs> we'll figure it out. So the question of the week for this edition of Teaching Cover to Cover came from the nitpicker Bobby from Florida, who I'm happy to report safely weathered the storm. Glad to hear it. Bobby posted this in the THN Facebook fan group. You guys should go join it. Bobby's question. It's the 25th anniversary of the premiere of Batman the Animated Series. To celebrate, I want to be positive about the animated universe DC created. What is your favorite episode or moment from the DCAU? You can call the Ziggurat Hotline 402-819-4894 right now and talk to us live or leave a message. Keep it under two minutes if you have to leave a message. You can also, uh, no more MP3s with the cutoff. Yeah. We're not checking that shit anymore. Nope. So you've got your news. There's your question. Matt! Open the phone lines! The I phone lines are open. We actually have someone on hold. I like to throw my hands in Can the you air this? and wave them like I just don't care. Caller, thank you for calling THN cover to cover. Who this? It's D. D! What's D. happening, brother? <laughs> you didn't call last week. We were afraid the hurricane got you. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> That's why I didn't call last week. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're feeling better. What do you want to rap about today, buddy? Yeah. The episodes, man. We got to talk about the Batman episodes. Let's talk about the Batman episode. Oh, yeah. We knew that this question was right up your alley. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to say Perchance the Dream. Yeah. Because that's, that's the episode of the Mad Hatter captured Bruce Wayne, which you don't find until the end. Spoilers. It was awesome. But, uh, Bat- and I was captured by the Mad Hatter and lived in the world where Batman, he still existed, but it wasn't Bruce Wayne. Yeah. And it, that's the one where he figures it out because you can't read. Can't read. In the dream. Yep. Oh, that's right. That's right. And, oh, yeah. I love that episode. That was so good. Such a great episode. Oh, that one was so. But good. we're talking about the entire like DCAU all together, and it'd be once in future thing. Uh, the first season of Justice League Unlimited, yeah, episode I think it was episode thirteen, where they went to the Wild West, went to the future, yeah, like the Batman Beyond universe. So cool. Oh, Bruno Mannheim from Inner Gang has traveled back to the past with a super weapon. Right. Oh, it was Cronus. Oh yeah, yeah, right. You're right. It was Cronus. Uh, and so it wasn't Mannheim, uh, but he gave it to like the local guy, right? The local toughie. Who, who looks like Mannheim's like great ancestor, by the sure, way. Sure, right. Um, but that joke, uh, that episode has the most inside baseball DC reference I think I've ever seen in one of those shows. And it is. And it is the fact that uh, where Jonah Hex, uh, everyone else is like, what is this wondrous technology? Right. And Jonah Hex is like, Ray guns. Yeah. They're unreliable. <laughs> Which yep. is a they call out <laughs> to Jonah Hex when he went into the future. <laughs> following Crisis on Infinite Earths, Jonah Hex gets sucked to the future and he and he there's this there's this series that ran for I don't know how long called Hex. It was awesome. And it was no, it was yep. not awesome. <laughs> I loved it. And it was Jonah Hex in the far future. I'm not saying it holds up. I'm saying it, at the time, I was like, now here's a Jonah Hex I can get behind. <laughs> yeah, right. But like what the idea have like Booster Gold, Mr. Miracle, and Jonah Hex as time travel. Oh, I'd love uh, it. Awesome that would be kick ass. D, uh, we got another call no, coming in here. Listen, we just got But this is someone who just had a baby. Okay. All right. We got to talk to the baby guy. <laughs> Thank you for your call, All D. Right. I'll talk to you soon, brother. Bye, D. Thank Thank you for calling THN Cover to Cover Caller. Who dis? As if I don't know. This is Zach Hollowell. Zach Hollowell. Word on the street is your wife just crapped out another kid. Didn't crap it out. It came out of her stomach. Oh, gross. Like yeah. an alien. I put up a picture of it coming right out. Like the doctor's <laughs> lifting it out. I saw it. Fucking gnarly, man. I saw it. Gnarly as shit. The disgusting miracle that is it childbirth. Was dripping with gore. <laughs> dripping with yeah. gore. So forget about yeah, your wife. How are you feeling after the birth? I mean, you, God, I can't imagine uh, what you went through, you know? I know, right? right? <laughs> yeah, tell <laughs> you us know? how you're doing. <laughs> uh, are you recuperating? Twice, you know, vasectomy is all I have to worry about. There so. you go. Ugh. That's outpatient. Yeah. You'll be fine. <laughs> Not- right, bag of peas. I'm how long ago did this occur, Zach? I, 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 I hope it's like not... We're not like in the immediate wake of it. <laughs> no, no, no. This is... Uh, about 23 hours ago. Okay, okay. all right. All right. right, fair enough. I feel a little better about it. <laughs> I'm driving to pick up Big Sister right now. It's five. All right. Very good, very good. So what do you want to rap about today? Yep. Uh, well, you know, um, I think we're talking about, you know, your favorite Batman episode. Right on. Batman animated series. Right on. And uh, mine is, I, I might have the title slightly wrong, but I think it's called Almost Had Him. Almost Got you Him. You know this one. Yeah, almost, almost got, almost got him. Yeah, I don't remember this one. Yeah, it's a bunch of it's, it's a bunch of guys sitting. Oh, I'll let Zach tell. Yeah, Zach. No, well, it's, it's all of his rogues gallery sitting around playing poker, 
and it's just short vignettes of all of them telling stories about yes. the time that they almost got him. Yes. Right. And like my favorite vignette is like uh, Killer Crocs, like I threw a truck at him and they all just stare at him and he's like, it was a really big truck. <laughs> <laughs> that's really great. But then, you know, spoiler alert for people who haven't seen something that's what, 25 years old. Yeah. Um, it winds up that, you know, when it comes time for Joker to say what his is, He's is actually in process right now. I think he's kidnapped Robin and he's about to kill him. And Killer Croc was actually Batman in like makeup. And he pulls <laughs> off the makeup, beats the shit out of all of them, and goes and saves Robin. It was it. so good. It was so <laughs> good. Yeah, it, was really, it was a great episode. Because you've got like all the rogues gallery, like really short vignettes that were all kind of clever on, you know, very indicative of their style. Oh, yeah. So it's like you got a bunch of mini episodes in one. I really liked it. Yeah, it was great. And they all had like slightly different takes on Batman as well. Like some of me sounded smart. Yeah, yeah. Some of me sounded stupid. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> Matt, Matt, breaking news. Breaking news. I, I, wanted, I wanted to stop to tell Zach that um, Heather, the mother of chaos, ah. is watching the video and she was chastising us for making it all about Zach. <laughs> of course, we were teasing. Heather, we can only relate to no, it from a no. man's point of, of view. Course. I apologize. But, you know, uh, I, nothing's ever going to come show. out of me. <laughs> she says, your wife is a champ. So uh, Sam Beck, uh, our friend Sam, chimed in before that, yeah. and she says hi to you. And Amy from North Dakota. That means three women. No, and the queen. Four women That's are watching this all video. All four of our female viewers are watching. 100% See? of our female I mean, viewers. You just got to talk about a little bit of birth and you know the women come out of the woodwork <laughs> oh. well i guess that we're just gonna start talking about lady stuff for well, an hour congratulations on little harley quinn hollowell i think that's great Ew. no <laughs> oh. no thanks no you're not gonna do it you're not no. gonna do the kevin smith route you're gonna have to go the facebook unfriend route if no oh no <laughs> <laughs> benjamin stephen hollowell Half of his middle name is from me and uh, Matt's friend, Steve Mysek. Nice. Like one of my best friends. I love that guy. I do. I but, love him too. Uh, I always chose it because it sounds like a real solid superhero name. It, totally. Right. And if people ask, you can just say that you named him after Uncle Ben. Yeah. Or Ben Grimm. Oh, but even better. Ben yeah, Grimm, they, yeah. Named after the thing. And his penis. Yeah. Right on. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, congratulations on being a dad times two. Thanks, boys. We couldn't be happier I've for you. I've had sex twice. <laughs> you've, had, you've had sex two you've, times. You've achieved and the dream. Damn it, you can prove it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good to talk to you, buddy. Go home and take care of your wife right, and your new boys. babies. See ya. Thank you for calling THN Cover to Cover. Call her who it is. JD, gotta catch them all. JD, I can hear us in the background. Can you turn us down a little bit? Yep, gotcha. Thank you. I've, otherwise, we get caught in this time warp and all kinds of things happen, and suddenly one of us doesn't exist. It's really, it's really yeah, weird. I, I'm already six months in the past, so we don't want to push it any further. Ooh, ooh, I'll tell you what. What do you want to rap about today, brother? Uh, well, I don't know. I missed last week. I was uh, indisposed. I was uh, performing happens. a wedding. On the toilet. Well, time out. Oh, performing you were performing a wedding. performing a wedding? From the toilet? Yes. Yeah. I was uh, doing a wedding ceremony for my sister. Oh, no kidding. Now, are you, yeah. are you ordained, or did you do like a first church of the internet type thing? I am ordained through the church of the Latter-day Dude. Oh! <laughs> I, am a, I am a dudist priest. I am <laughs> a dudist priest. <laughs> Very good. Now we oh, know man. we have an ordained minister on the payroll. This is great. What do you want to wrap about? Uh, so, 
Well, uh, last week it was the, the coveted toy. Yes. And I have to confess. I was the kid. You were the kid. You asshole. I was. You were that spoiled little prick that we all hated. Yeah, because I had I oh had the uh, GI Joe space shuttle. <gasps> the Defiant. I man never had the space shuttle. It was so goddamn cool. I love that thing. It was so I mean, goddamn. Cool. It was almost as, it was almost as tall as me. <laughs> I mean, come on. It was huge. It was like three feet tall. It was a big playset. Yeah. 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 Ugh. Yeah, it was it was it was a lot of fun. It was cool. That was one of those things that was like so I remember I don't think even the spoiled little prick that I knew had it cuz it was really hard to find. Mm-hmm. Like it was so expensive that I think even like the toy stores were like, well, "We'll order one, you know, and see what happens." <laughs> yeah, like you know, I I didn't I never saw anything like that in at Target or no, where, or, toy, or even no. Toys R Us was like I ne- I was never like walking down the aisles and was like, "Oh, there's a flag." It literally wasn't until probably until I started working at Krypton Comics when Bob Bailey, <laughs> our old toy guy, brought one in. And I was just like, holy well, shit, that's what this thing looks like. And like 25-year-old me wanted to punch everybody and take it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, the reason I, my, my mom, my mom still tells this story to this day because she, she lords it over me that she, it was, it was her first Black Friday and she waited in line <laughs> on Black Friday for it. Wow. And did, did the you have to only stab reason anybody? she got it for me is because no, no. Oh. <laughs> she, I think she did step over someone. But, oh, wow. Uh, the only reason that she did it is because she felt guilty because a couple years previously, my dad thought it was a good idea to line up my G.I. Joe figures and shoot him with a BB gun. Oh, and he com- asshole. And he, com- and he completely destroyed my, my first generation snake eyes. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> What an ass. That's the worst. Ninja your way out of this snake eyes. Kapow. (laughs) Hit him right in the chest and knock that little screw out and like arms and legs went everywhere. So like literally just like took him out by the spine. (laughs) That's that's horrible. (laughs) God, uh, I'm sorry. Your dad was so sadistic. Real quick before I go report from the lake house. Okay. Uh, Still really enjoying some Marvel books. There are Marvel books that are still great. Uh, all new Wolverine. It's great. Awesome. It's a great read. Yeah. The, uh, enemy of the state Two. uh, the resolution of that has just been phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert. Love that Laura's out from under the trigger since awesome. Yes. Uh, yeah, I uh, saw something about that. I'm glad for that too. Yeah. It, I mean, it was an yeah. interesting idea at first, but then it got a little silly. Well, mm-hmm. right. That, that's uh, a, that's a story. That's a thing that you can like, maybe call back to once or twice. And then you're just like, okay, yeah, got it. Thanks. Now anybody can like Uh, (laughs) spray a bot, a certain type of cologne on her and she's going to go berserk. Yeah. Like, wow. (laughs) See, adjectiveless Spider-Man, uh, miles. Right. Yeah. Loving, loving the crossover with spider Gwen. Yeah. That was fun. I didn't read it. I did not read that. Oh, it's really fun. It's it's just good old-fashioned bouncy. And also, I think it's a really rare example of how they're taking carryover from a big event and really using it to its advantage because they're still using the 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 gauntlet teleporters from uh, Spider-Verse. Yeah, right. It was That was, they did call back to oh, that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they had, like the little watches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spider-Verse, for those of you who don't know, was a big crossover where we saw like every dimension, every Spider-Man. Uh, it was JD, like, we got some guys like Venom trying to get in here, though. It was like Venom-verse, no. but with Spider-Man. No, it was not. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> JD, thank you, you for your call. Like Denver's but good? <laughs> yes, exactly. We got to let you go and take this other call, but it's good to hear from you, brother. All right, talk to you later, guys. Bye, Jeff. Thank you for calling THN cover to cover. Caller, who this? Hey, it's Tim. Tim, what's happening? Tim Benson. Hey, T- THN's very own Tim Benson. Here. Oh, okay, so no cussing. Hi. Yeah, I, I told her sometimes you guys say naughty words. No, not we would never cuss in front of little Harley Quinn Benson. We would never do that. <laughs> Stop <laughs> doing that. Stop. I just decided that's everybody's daughter's name. <laughs> what do you want to rap about today, Tim? Um, you know, I what I want to talk about is digital comics. Okay. Um, so I'm a book guy, so I'm not like I'm not a digital person. But I went to Portland and I signed up for Marvel Unlimited and Comicsology Unlimited. So that's so that it. I'd have some stuff. Yeah, well, some stuff to read. You were the last guy uh, reading print comics. You just killed print comics. <laughs> there it I is. Think <laughs> I, no, I feel like I did. <laughs> um, yeah, so Marvel Unlimited, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it, but nope. I don't care. What do you mean you don't care? Like, like, I don't care about anything, like, being produced. Um, like, all of Marvel, all of DC, they could just go away. You're talking about the, that's not to say, the newest stuff that's you're not talking to about. Say they're, like, they're not bad comics. Mm-hmm. I, just, I just feel like maybe I grew up, and, and I'm looking for more than serialized, never-ending Spider-Man. So you're talking about what's going on in, like, we'll say, in the past five years here. Oh no no! I mean, like all of Marvel. You just don't. Like, you just the, you don't care about superhero like, comics anymore. Oh really? All of it? Oh no no! But like, I started reading Invincible, mm-hmm. and it's obviously fantastic. Yes. Um, I just what I, I guess what I'm saying is Marvel and DC they're putting out quality books, but it's a very certain type of book. And I w- I'm, I'm I'm I've moved on from that. I will give you, and Joe and I have talked about this at length, so I won't go too far into it. But we have often said Invincible is the best Superboy comic book you'll ever read. And it oh, is. Oh, without a doubt. Because there's no rules. Yeah. Because like Kirkman, yeah. the, for the same reason, is not working at Marvel and DC because he can write his own books without any rules. He wants to kill your favorite character. They're going to die badly. He wants to yeah. turn out that this good character that you love has secretly been evil and is absolutely terrifying. Watch out. <laughs> it's like there are yeah, no and rules. And that's and, what's so yeah, great so about that book. Fun. And it's not to say that like nothing coming out of Marvel or DC is any good because I'm also reading uh, like The Vision, which is my god, fantastic, lovely. You know, yeah, it really so is heartbreaking. I just, I, what I want to say is to all the people that are struggling with, you know, like Kevin Coffey can't get into X Men anymore. Like it's okay, you can just read other stuff. Yeah, you know, <laughs> no, it, it just, it just, it just I, means. It just means that that had a great place in your heart for a certain amount of time and it ended and you're now like, and I don't mean to like speak down to people who still like X-Men, but you, maybe you matured and you now want mind management, Sure, you know, and sure. And it's not to say X-Men isn't mature, but certain people are now looking for a more adult um, content than Marvel or DC is allowed to produce. But that's also classic uh, fanboyism where we're like, oh man, but I have to read yeah. X-Men every month because that's what I do. But I mean, Kevin you doesn't, know. right? No. Like, I, 
I appreciate what where Tim's coming from, but Kevin, I don't mean to speak for him, but I'm going to. Like Kevin understands that he's huge that Trump he supporter can, and like hates, <laughs> doesn't believe in climate change. Kevin, might be a white supremacist. I don't know. Kevin, <laughs> un, Kevin understands on, that he can read other things. Right. It's just uh, a yeah, drag I, that I this thing on, that he used to love yeah. is now yeah. holds no interest at all. Look, and I'll be real honest. There's a, like a hole in my heart where good X-Men comics used to be. I wish yeah. every week or every month I could pick a day and catch up on my X books and go, woo, that was fun. It's hard to do yeah. right now. You know what, It's though? just hard to do. You still can. <laughs> you know, you still, and I, I pick on Kevin because he's like, he's the Cyclops guy. Yeah. And so, yes, I'm not speaking for Kevin or anything like that. He's just, he's an easy target, just like I am for Daredevil. Um, but, yeah, you can still get your X-Men fix, you know, and they're called reprints. Yeah. Or read the, read the stuff you love. Absolutely. Or, don't don't read it because maybe you won't love it as much anymore. Um, <laughs> it might not just, hold up. <laughs> yeah, I just I think that like there's this part of us that we used to be able to consume everything: movies, TV, comics, games. If it had a superhero in it, we could consume it all. Absolutely. And then and then Spider Man came out, and it all like we, there's too much, you know. So. I just said, you don't have to, you don't have to keep reading, you know, Spider-Man just because you loved Spider-Man when you were a kid. Um, yeah, it's I'm, an, it's I'm an impossible task. Comicsology. And that's also part of the business now where it has become this market share battle where we have to put out a million books. You can't just have one Spider-Man. You've got to have 15 different Spider-Man books, you know? And yeah. it does make it very, very difficult. And you're right. You don't have to read it all. You absolutely don't. And don't yeah. feel like you have and to. It, it doesn't make you a bad person if you want to. No, no. I mean, if you want to read oh, it. Or no. if you want the books to be better. Like, I want the books to be better because I love Marvel and DC superheroes. Absolutely. And it, uh, like, yeah. that's my jam. Like, I, I, it, I, I read other things, too. I, I love indie books. I love mind management. And I love uh, 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 Black Hammer. Sure. And, and books like that. Uh, a lot of Matt Kent and Jeff Lemire books, coincidentally. Oh, um, yeah. No, and I think... But, like, uh, I fun, love like, Marvel and DC superheroes. That's my yes, thing. That's what I grew up with, too. And, of course, I, I like... And I it, but it's not a nostalgia thing for me. It's not because I loved them when I was a kid. It's like, I genuinely love these worlds and these characters. Right. And they're still... And so when the books on. are not good, I'm not happy. Yeah. Okay, so let me ask, let me ask one more thing to stir you guys up a little bit, and then I'll, I'll let you call somebody else. Um, so... What if Spider-Man, Superman, Justice League, what if all these comics still are good, but they're not what you want? Yeah, that's a great point. Well, and that's just it, because half of the internet is always going to say something sucks, and the other half is always going to say, no way, it's the best. Well, and that's Who's why right? I like this show, because you know? this is not the internet. This is, I'm Tim. Right, and if yeah. I say something stupid, I've got to live with it. So right. I do. I live with it all the time. <laughs> but, what about, totally... what about all what about all the 20 year olds and not just 20 year olds but like what about all the kids getting into comics who are like X-Men freaking blue is fantastic. Yeah. What do you say to those people? Well, there's nothing wrong you're, with that. You're totally right, Tim, and I I'll we cop to it. I, I, maybe we don't say it as often as we should, but I definitely cop to the fact that 
when I say something, when I say that I don't like something, I'm not, I don't even want to say that when I say, I don't even want to say that it's not good. Right. When I say that I don't like something, I definitely mean it's not to my taste. Yeah. And yeah, we, we need to maybe watch, I think, no, our... because there is times where we can say, like, look, this art was just not good, or this dialogue oh, yeah. is terrible. Sure, but we do do that. We, we do say, you know, do... like, I can I can appreciate the craft behind yes. this art, but I don't like the style, but personally. But I think quite often in our reviews, we say, look, this is a perfectly good book. It's not geared to me. But we also just as often fall into the trap of saying something sucks when what we really mean is it's not what I want. There's nothing. Yeah. Well, there's, usually that just means it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Joe. We're tastemakers. So, you know. I mean, I guess it's a cross I have to bear. <laughs> Thank you very much for your call, sir. It's always good to hear from you. And you know what? At the end of the day, we're just grumpy old fan grandpas. That's all we are. That's okay. We're just a bunch keep, of just read the wretch. Get off my good. comic book lawn. Hey, you know, look, I, fin- I finished my copy of the wretch omnibus, Tim. I need more. Yeah. Excellent. Get Hester well, on the I phone. Tell him to get cracking. You call, give him a call. Well, why don't you just go down in your basement and spray him with water or whatever you do and make him work, you know? <laughs> I, man, I did that. I did it. He's lost a lot of weight, right, by the way. He looks guys. great. Nice job on that. Bite him. <laughs> on what? I said he's lost a lot of weight. He really looks good. Nice job on that, you yeah. know? Yeah. Oh, and a truck, you know? Water and bread. All right. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later. Bye, Tim. All right, let's get to some of these uh, these calls we got. We got some people. They've got some opinions. First caller is from Tuesday. Okay. First email, I should say. It's John from Jersey. First voicemail. Let's see what he's got for us. Jenny from Jersey. Good afternoon, gentlemen. This is John from Jersey calling in with my answer to the question of the week. My favorite DC Animated Universe moment episode thing has to be Hands down, when Lex Luthor and The Flash switched bodies, (laughs) that was hysterical. I'm not a huge DC Animated Universe fan. The Batman series came out when I was about, like, 10. I remember really liking it, um, but I was more of a Marvel guy, so X-Men Animated Series was my jam. But that episode, when I saw it, I died laughing because... The Flash thinking that Lex Luthor wouldn't wash his hands because, as I quote, I'm evil. <laughs> that's, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Lex Luthor looking at Flash's face and realizing he doesn't know who the hell he is because who's Wally West? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, great, great episode. If you haven't seen it, I suggest you go watch it. While well, I've got you here, give you a little more background information on my superhero secret identity, Camp Man has the power to control large groups of people with his voice, which is something that comes in handy as a camp director, and the ability to protect camp from all threats, including Camp Man's arch nemesis, Camper X, Whoa. which started out as a robot assistant assistant to <laughs> Rainy Day, one of my former campers turned villain, turned redeemed eagle, it's a long story there. Wow. Who then became a computer virus that could infect campers and counselors alike, meaning any day, any time Camper X shows up at camp, he could be played or she could be played by anybody I choose. Holy We had a lot of great adventures. Of course, being a Quaker camp, I don't ever throw any punches or fight anybody as Camp Man, but rather have to figure out clever solutions to defeating the villains, which hopefully teaches the kids to think more about problems. That sounds like a pain in the ass. All their <laughs> problems. 
anyway, I'd love to tell you more about Catman in the future. And if you haven't checked out that episode of the Justice League, go do it. It's awesome. Later, nerds. Howdy. Uh, I was very confused by that whole story because I thought he said can't man. <laughs> like, oh, can't do it. Sorry. Can't man. Sorry. I, well, t- I Help me, was, can't man. Die. I thought it was more like can't. <laughs> if, if you see somebody about to do something, you, can't man can be like, no. And then all of a sudden the person can't do it. I like it better with just can't man. Just cannot do things. <laughs> uh, I can't man. Can you help me move this love seat? Can't. Can't, sorry. Can't, man. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, he's a camp director. and Camp, camp man. Camper X. Man, you, you know what? I don't want to hear any more about this. What I want you to do, draw it. I want the adventures of Camp Man. And go ahead and adapt your ridiculous camping stories to an even more ridiculous comic book format with all these ridiculous bad guys. But I'll post it on the website. In your story... You have to hit the children, okay? I don't want to see what? any. What? Yeah, no. it's comic books. It's I don't a see... Quaker camp. It's not my problem, okay? I don't want to see... read about creative ways to help the kids. No, beat them and kill the bad ones. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, John. Yeah. No. Well, let's move on. I did love that episode of Justice League yeah, when of course. Lex Luthor switched bodies. <laughs> he doesn't wash his hands because he's evil. <laughs> I love it. Well, it was great because Wally West is just like trying to be bad and was not at all. (laughs) (laughs) Next up, we got, let's see here. Looks like Surian Kelly from across the pond. Stately Lord Fungus. Stately Lord Fungus. Live from the East Paddock of Mushroom Manor, this is Stately Lord Fungus, and I'm here with... Huey to talk to you this week about the things on her mind, starting with The Tick. Away you go. So we just finished watching The Tick and I loved it. I must admit, I wasn't too sure about the guy who plays Arthur at first, but I did warn to him later on. And we've also just watched the finale of Preacher. Wow, no spoilers, but I didn't see that one coming, I must admit. I gotta... But I hope next season they go back to having a bit more fun because it's been quite serious lately. Although I did like Hairstar. He was a great character. A little story for you, you might like. I was at the Animal Hero Award ceremony last week, and guess who was at the next table? Professor Charles Xavier himself. What? Yes. Can you believe it? The wonderful Sir Patrick Stewart. Oh, I turned into such a little stalker. It was so embarrassing. And I did have to be physically restrained from running up to him (laughs) going, why, why did you have to die? (laughs) Yeah, that was embarrassing. So the British word of the week for you, it is daft apeth. Say it with me. Daft Daft apeth. apeth. It's a nice little friendly way of basically saying someone's a bit stupid. So you're a daft apeth, aren't you? <laughs> oh, got it. I love that all their British it's words are basically okay. insults for it's stupid not, people. It's not a bad <laughs> saying. It's, it's friendly. My nan used to say that to me a lot. You know, oh, you're a daft apeth, Gail. She broke character. So there we have it, We're not nerds. It again. You heard it live. We've covered the tick. We've covered preacher. We've covered Sir Patrick Stewart, and we've covered ourselves in something that, frankly, can only be described as a bodily fluid. Ooh! I'll speak to you, <laughs> nerds, next week. This is Stately and Huey Two saying 
Bye. See ya. Bye. That was a bit anticlimactic, wasn't it? See ya. Bye. So Daft Apeth. They're my favorite. I love them. Oh, they're great. Yeah. They're totally great. I wish they were here. Yeah. I love how bossy the queen is too. She's just like, my segment. <laughs> Deal with it. Uh, yeah. QE2 in her civilian identity is like a big time like animal protection. Animal well, the, rights. the queen has always been very, yeah. you know, like very vocal impressive. about how much she loves animal rights. She's got all those corgis running around and stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah. If, if anything needs protected, it's the corgis. Yeah. Well, no, no, I'm just saying, you know, she's an animal lover. Patrick Stewart, though, damn. And we couldn't lean over and be like, hey, Pat, you got five seconds. Be like, this is. Listen, uh, this, you know, my name is Sir Patrick Stewart. This is Jean-Luc Picard. You're listening, you're listening to, to the, the two that are with Joe and Matt. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> Missed opportunity. Yeah. Listen. See, and that's your intro. Hey, I don't want to bother you. You know, big fan, whatever. I got some friends that host a podcast. They'd lose their mind if you didn't reduce it. And then he does the thing and he's like, well, that was fun. What do you want to talk about? And then you can be like, I want to leave my husband for you. And who knows? Maybe he's into it. He's I don't married. Know. He just got married. He's Patrick Stewart's movie star, baby. He's married. He's not no, dead. He's Come a, on. He's an, he is a loyal, oh, please. faithful, Come on. sweet old man. This goes to show what you know about Hollywood. Plus his, <laughs> the white woman he married is like 30. So. Why she got to be white? I didn't. I said thirty. Oh, I thought you said the white woman. <laughs> no, the woman he married. <laughs> the white woman he married. What is wrong with you? <laughs> That's what I heard. I don't know. <laughs> Let's go to our buddy Anthony. He says, "Not late this week, suckers." Yeah, but you could have called live Anthony. It's true. It's true. Look, I'm sorry. He has a life. You know, What's up, guys. It's Anthony, and my favorite DC animated universe moment involves the will they, won't they relationship between Batman and Wonder Woman. That they put in JLU, which I just suck loved. it, Matt. And I don't know if people were shipping that couple or not. I was hard. I wanted that in the comics, and I think Wonder Woman's a way better fit for Batman than a friggin' criminal with a cat fetish. But uh, there were several moments uh, between Batman and Wonder Woman uh, in the cartoon that were really fun. Uh, but my favorite comes with uh, Diana and uh, Bruce uh, on stakeout together, watching people leave this gala. And Wonder Woman is lamenting that, you know, people are having fun and, you know, wouldn't it be nice if, you know, we could go down there and, and join them. And she's being not subtle at all, letting him know, like, hey, man, if you ask me out, I will totally say yes. And Batman just looks at her and he's like, one, relationships within the team never work. Two, you're an Amazon princess and I'm a rich kid with issues. Lots of issues. Three, if I allow someone into my life, my enemies won't rest until they get to me through her. And in response, she just looks at him and, like, destroys the head of a gargoyle on the, on the building they're on. And it's just like, yeah, it was awesome. And I loved that moment so much because I just enjoyed their banter. And I really wanted them to explore that relationship. And also I loved it because, like, it reminded me that this cartoon, it, it was for me. You know, I mean, it, it, kids could have enjoyed the cartoon as well. But it was really for me. And uh, I loved it. So there you go. That's my moment. Thanks, guys. Okay. I have railed on and on and on about anyone. We, we had this conversation yeah, exactly about once. Batman getting married. No, I mean like about <laughs> yeah. Batman getting married, but, but oh. about Batman and Wonder Woman as well. Yeah. Like I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. But the way Anthony just spelled it out. Yeah. If there's one person that Batman could date and not have to worry about, it's Wonder Woman. She's bulletproof. She's tough as hell. Look, like, it's not like the Joker's going to kidnap Wonder Woman. <laughs> That's not going to work. Matt, you know? it's, it's the nineties, man. 
the idea is like I can't I can't be with you because I'm too worried for your safety is bullshit. Well, let that w- adult grown ass woman make her own damn decisions. Look, I get that, but this is Batman, and he deals with seriously psychotic bad people. Okay, and that's in. I'm not going back into the whole Selena Kyle, will you marry me crap, but I hate that. <laughs> we all hate it. Batman can't have relationships like that. Have a little romance. He can have a little some, romance. He can have heart. a little romance. No, what you're describing I'm is not he romance. He can have it with Wonder Woman because he doesn't have to worry about any of that crap. That like takes all of that off the board. That second where he looked at her and smat, where she looked at him and smashed the gargoyle like, hey, buddy, who are you talking to here? You know? That or Superman. He could date, he could totally date Superman. And we like have that. Not have we have that. Anything. Apollo and Midnighter. No, no, but I mean, I mean Batman and Superman. We know that they're secretly gay. They always have been. Come on. I thought he was gay for Robin. No. Oh my God, you sicko. No, Robin's a kid and his son. No, not the current you Robin. You sick monster. Not the current oh Robin. Oh my God. Oh. <laughs> Joe Patrick, what have you revealed? You knew what I meant. <laughs> Don't be a daft apeth. Oh. Nice job. Nice Thank you. Daft uh, QE2 in the, in the chat says, oh, I should have asked Sir Pat. I missed a trick. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. Of course we forgive you. The, uh, we don't really expect anybody to accost celebrities in our name. However, this is a blanket statement for anybody listening. Okay. If you meet anybody fun in yes. the world. Yes. Any celebrity of any kind. Yeah. Especially somebody that's like old and washed up. Yeah, wrestlers and ex playmates. Those are my favorite. I mean, it doesn't matter. Any <laughs> anybody with any modicum of fame yeah, whatsoever. I don't care. And you have the guts, Polly Shore, Carrot Top. You know, especially Polly Shore. <laughs> and if you have the guts, if it's the right moment and you are not afraid of doing it, ask them to intro the show. Yeah, just hold your phone up to your to their face and let them say it. You've all heard it a thousand times. Yeah. This is blank creator star whatever of blank and you're listening to the two-headed nerd with joe and matt they can literally say whatever the fuck they yeah. want we don't care let them ad lib this is freddie prince jr i don't even know what i'm doing right now but i used to be famous for a minute and you're listening to the two-headed nerd with joe and matt i'm not to pick on freddie prince I, you know I'm hey, sh- he's hey, fine i'm sure he's one of the starring uh characters in mass effect 3 yeah he did the voice work that's that's huge <laughs> and mass effect 3 not great you shut up. It's not great. Yes, no. it's a great game. How far into it are you? Mass Effect 3? Yeah. That's old. You're, ta- you're thinking of the new one. Oh, I'm thinking of the newest one. I'm sorry. Mass Effect 3 was great. Yeah. Mass Effect 3 was the end of the Shepard trilogy. All right. We got another call here. Thank you, Gail. That was when I lost Ray Ray Shepard. Oh, I still miss him. Yeah, RIP. My boy, Ray Ray. <laughs> hey, this is Marcus calling from Saudi Arabia. I was wondering what you guys' uh, fictional and non-fictional man crush was. Ooh. And go to breakfast cereal. Ooh. Thank you. Okay. Let's start with breakfast cereal because I feel like the other one's a larger conversation. Sure. Um, I'm a granola man. I love cereal. I'll eat it for dinner sometimes. That's sad. It's not sad. You're, I just, I like cereal. You're an adult, sir. <laughs> so what? <laughs> cereal is Look, not a dinner. I'm not, I'm not saying it's like, give me my chocolate frosted sugar bombs and I'm going <laughs> to eat them for dinner. I'm a grown up. I eat rice checks. Okay. Let's stick with breakfast because, come on. I like, I like, there's kids watching this. We have to set a precedent where, you know, people look up to us. <laughs> I like checks. I like rice checks specifically. Uh, I also like, I'm very fond of Cheerios. There are many fine, tasty varieties of Cheerios. Okay. And I don't mind if it's even the store brand. Give me those tastios. All right. I'm a granola guy. 
I like granola. There's like a protein plus granola that I eat because I, I work early in the morning and I got to jump right in and you're running around. You're basically that shit. Eat a cliff bar. I'm not eating it. Cliff bars are just candy bars. That's all they are. They're no good for you. They, I'm not. Cliff bars are okay. I mean, I I'm sorry. I'm talking about like, like power bars and stuff. It's just candy. Let's get into our man crushes. Fictional man crush. Oh, man. Mine, uh, I, everybody knows, I think Dick Grayson is the sexiest thing in the world. I would totally let Dick Grayson put his tongue in my mouth. I would. <laughs> there it is. I don't know if I have a crush on Superman, but like I definitely feel like a You totally have a crush on no, Superman. No, because it's not like a it's not like a it's not like an amorous thing. It's more like You want to have all of Superman's babies. I want Superman to be my dad kind of thing. Like God, that's even more disgusting. No, you cannot get not away in from the gross this shit. way. God. I don't not my daddy. <laughs> I don't want him to be my dream daddy. <laughs> But like, like I want. Let me be. I just want to be Superman. Be my cool uncle. Be my like a, a father figure. I don't know if I have a fictional man crush. Um, what about real life? Real life? Yeah. Channing Tatum. I do like Channing. Tatum. I love him. When we were on the Seth Meyers show, Channing Tatum was one of the guests, and I was like, I am going to meet Channing Tatum, and I am so yeah. freaked out because all I wanted was for him to lift me up like an infant. <laughs> And just hold me and say, hey, Matt, it's Channing Tatum. Everything's going to be okay. And I'd be like, thank you, Channing Tatum. Now, they pre-recorded his show. They pre-recorded his interview, so he wasn't there. Yeah, And I was fucking heartbroken. That sucks. (laughs) I remember you saying that Channing Tatum was going to be there. I was so excited. And they're like, no, he recorded his thing yesterday. What? But you got to meet Amy Poehler. I got to meet Amy Poehler. She was awesome. Yeah. But she's not a man. She's not a man. She was great, though. That we know of. Quick Amy Poehler story. I was like. She was like, hi, I'm Amy Poehler. I'm like, can I hug you? I love you. I'm not trying to be a weirdo, but can I? She was like, sure. Yeah, let's, let's hug. And she hugged me and leaned into my ear and went, you don't even fucking know me. And then leaned back and be like, ha ha, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I love her even oh, more. Oh, that's the best. <laughs> uh, so I, I think that my, my real life celebrity man crush is probably The Rock. Oh yeah. Like if, if I... If I got to spend any amount of time just like basking in The Rock's yeah. presence, I would just be giddy about it. Oh, no. The Rock called and was like, Matt, marry me. And be like, look, I'm not gay, but okay. <laughs> like, let's, let's do this. Let's make a life of it. You know? <laughs> Sorry, Casey. Look, and Matt, Casey would be like, I get it. Go. You know, do your thing. <laughs> Listen, Matt, we don't have to lie to these people. Everybody knows that you're my man crush. Oh. And everybody knows that I'm bi-curious. I mean, come on. Let's not lie. Look, I've seen you in your underpants. That's true. That's real life. It's true. It's the ugly truth. Uh, Get back to fucking work, Marcus, and stop calling on company time. You understand? Or you're fucking fired. Next Wait, up. Wait, hold up. Mark <laughs> Phillips, non-fictional man crush, John Doe. He looks cool. He plays bass cool. Oh, yeah. John Doe from X. He has a cool voice. He's so damn cool. He he's, said cool like four times. He's now. cool as hell. I got to interview John Doe when I worked at The Reader, and he was that cool. I don't know him. Awesome. Never heard of him. He's in the band X, and then he has a very successful solo career. Never heard of him. Talented guy. I love him. Sorry. Whatever. Tanner's calling us. Man, I wish The Rock were here. He's calling from the Small Press Expo in Bethesda, Maryland. That's cool. It's not Tanner. It's Kettnerd. It's Tanner. The voice voice transcript (laughs) doesn't know how to process all the noise. Hey, what's up, committed nerds? Uh, this is Tetnerd. I'm calling from the Small Press Expo in Bethesda, Maryland. Hey, Tanner. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I guess I missed your calling window for the for the show. But what's really funny is that I right when I pulled up, I I thought I recognized the gentleman sitting in front of the convention, and it turns out to be none other than Jason Sachs. So <laughs> I just Sexier. mentioned Jason Sachs. 
Nice. Yeah, it's going to be a nerdy weekend. Uh, I will probably, I'll, I'll call in next week to talk, to talk to you guys about it. Hope you had a good one today. Bye. I want to hear all about it. And get us some intros while you're there. There's a ton of really cool people at the Small Press Expo. Yes. Always. It's awesome. Uh, Kettnerd, you did not miss the call-in window. No. You're just three hours removed from your normal time Yes. <laughs> when you called here, it was 10 o'clock Central Time. <laughs> we didn't get your message until uh, noon. <laughs> so. Yeah, so it would have been fine. You, but hey, yeah, not everybody understands well, Have time a great travel. time. They're there debuting their graphic novel. It's awesome. Uh, I'm, I can't wait to hear all, all about it. He probably will not hear this, but if you do, snag those intros. Yeah. Indie peeps. Yes, we love it. Love it. Wish I could be there. And time Me travel too. is hard to I wrap your head around. I would love to go to the small press. Not expo. everybody can understand time travel like Doctor Who and us. You know, it's tough. Yeah, we are experts. Yeah, we're really good at this. Speaking of experts in time travel. Is the ringer off? Uh, no, okay. it's on. Just asking. Is somebody saying they're trying to get through? No, no, no. Okay. It's just, has it wrong? Well, actually, I've had it off while we're playing these, but I'm watching the Hangouts to see if something pops up. Fair enough. So, speaking of someone who understands time travel, our very own Wooly Toots was trapped in the time stream, and we just left him and went on hiatus. (laughs) It's not like we... We didn't leave him. We just forgot him. (laughs) We left him. Like, I forgot my kid was with me at the grocery store. Right. Or, oh, shit. And now it's closed. I was supposed to pick him up from baseball practice two days ago. You know, like, oh, crap. <laughs> Dudes, it's Toots time. My uh, favorite moment time. in any of the DC animated movies and shows that I've watched has to be uh, in uh, Batman Superman Apocalypse. Oh, there's about... Pause. Uh, there's two scenes of Big Barda and Wonder Woman. Thank you for calling THN cover to cover. Caller, who this? Hey, it's Amy calling from North Dakota. Hey! What's hey. happening? Is it still snowing up there? I'm home on a, I'm finally home on a Saturday morning. It is cold as fuck here today. So, Seriously? Uh, yeah, it's like 50 degrees, which is, you know, for September. We're, uh, we're hunkering down, so I was actually able to catch the Facebook live most of it. And awesome. uh, I just wanted to bring it back to the Batman animated series. Okay, we can. please do. Let's do it. <laughs> all right. I think that, I mean, pretty much all of the Joker episodes got to be in the top of it because I'm also a Star Wars nerd. So Mark Hamill's my hero for lots of other reasons. Right on. But my favorite one is the, I think it's called Joker's Favor. And it's the one where, um, like, for years, he asked this guy to do little favors for him. And like he just keeps popping up in the guy's life and messing with him. And oh. the guy doesn't know when the Joker is going to show up again yes. and ask him to do something weird. Yeah. Right. And then eventually like Batman, you know, figures it out or whatever. But I think that one's one of my favorites just because it's so dark for even for that show Yeah. where like this he's literally being like mentally tormented by the Joker for years. And his life is really like shitty because He's always scared the Joker's going to show up again. I totally And I think that, that was a pretty pretty funny place for them to go on, on that show. It was awesome. I love that, yeah. Oh, my That's God. That's a great answer. I totally yeah. forgot about that one. Uh, yeah, it is called Joker's Favorites from season two. I just looked it up. Oh, nice. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's one of my ones that kind of stuck with me after for years after watching that show. Yeah, it really um, was dark for at at the time. Yeah. I mean, like, and it was, com- at, it was competing with, like, the Marvel X-Men animated series, which if you go back, and go side to side and watch one any episode. 
of the animated Batman. I don't care. The worst episode of Batman the Animated Series. Put that up against the best episode of the X-Men Animated Adventures, and it will kick the shit out of it. (laughs) The the X-Men cartoons were so dumb. They were terrible. Because they were made for children. Yeah, because they were made for children, whereas Batman, they were writing not just for the kids that were watching, but for the adults that were watching with their kids. Yeah, I feel like the guys that created Batman the Animated Series knew that they'd be... Yeah. Making something for comic fans of all ages, yeah. truly all ages. It's timeless. Not like when they say it's all ages, but what they really mean is for kids. Right. Uh, this is like, well, yeah, no, and this I mean, is for everybody. When I was watching it, you know, I was like 10. So when, when it was on 10, 11. So, you know, I was old enough that like the darkness was okay for me. But sure. Like now, as a parent, you know, my kid is six and there's some episodes that he has seen of that show, but there's some that I'm like, nope, not yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For <laughs> like, sure. I'm yeah. traumatized the kid. Uh, even, even though it's rated on Amazon, like it says, you know, seven plus or whatever. I, some of those episodes. They're intense. I don't Absolutely. know. <laughs> God, I got <laughs> a buddy who just watched. Style, I, guess. I got a buddy who just watched Mask of the Phantasm with this kid and it like scared the shit out of the kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember Mask of the Phantasm. Right? Mask of the Phantasm came out when I was uh, mid to late high school. And I remember that being the first time I actually ever saw blood in a cartoon. In like a, in like a, like, cause he bleeds. Batman gets hit in the face and he yeah. bleeds. Yeah. I was like, oh man. Uh, and oh, and also I like, I, I remember being, um, I remember during that show becoming aware that like they never would, they would never say kill or die or death. Right. 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 They'd never say you're going to die, Batman, or right. I'm going to kill or you. He murdered six kids like, or like, something. You know, like, like, like I'm going to destroy you. Yeah. It's always like, I'm going to destroy this you. This is the end of you, Batman. You know? Uh, <laughs> and yeah, I, I think Batman mask of the phantasm. They, they definitely said kill or yeah. die or murder. He was going and to he kill. Bled. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, Oh man, this thing is for real now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I read somewhere that, you know, uh, all those cartoons back then, you know, if somebody like fell in the river, they had to show them pop up or whatever. Oh, so yeah. that It didn't look like they died. Absolutely. <laughs> and stuff. And a as, car as, crashed. You someone, had to see the cops crawl out and be like, Oh my head. Yeah. You know, right, or whatever, right, you know? exactly. Oh man. I remember that a bunch <laughs> of times. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> you at least had to hear like the, the I'm still alive rattle. Yeah. You know, or something. It's but, okay. But, uh, <laughs> but some of those ones, like Mask of the Phantasm, where it was like an extended, you know, kind of a movie style or whatever. They obviously didn't have to follow People all those rules. People straight up died in that. It was great. Yeah. God, that movie was great. Yeah. Amy, sure. thank you so much for your calls. So, Good to hear from you. Yeah. I hope you got a snow shovel because winter is coming, baby. Oh, uh, I know. You know it that. Is. You're in North Dakota. You it know. It is. Oh, by the way, uh, thanks for the recommendations for places to go in Omaha because uh, we very much enjoyed the meatballs. Sorry we didn't catch you there. I'm sorry and, you didn't uh, That sucks. Yeah. They're they're very delicious. Thank you. And the night doll was very cool, and they were showing best in show, so we sat there for like three hours. Yeah, awesome. That's we what's so great right. about that place. They're good buddies of ours. <laughs> right. We we left right when they were starting smoking the bandit, but I just had had too many plushies <laughs> at that point. So, well, let me know next time yeah. you're coming back. And Wait, we'll, and we'll, what, we'll make a date. What was we'll the do, we'll do. what was the slushy of the of the of the day? Uh, it was the strawberry banana. Business. Oh shit! There you go. You should, yeah. have, you should have called the voicemail. We had to come running. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that was the weekend that Joe was sick. So maybe oh, not. Yeah, but. that's probably true. Well, you know, I would have anyway. Yeah. So, but I drink Manhattan well. when I'm there. So, cause I'm a big boy, you know, whatever. Well, when, I, when we walked out, when we walked out, uh, it's pretty dark up in the meatballs. So you probably could have come to the bar. Fair right. enough. <laughs> Next time. <laughs> All right. Amy, time. Good to hear from you. All right. Well, Bye. Bye guys. Okay. We're going to go back. And Jamie Filer. To Mr. Willie, too. The very talented artist, Jamie Filer. Oh, hey, Jamie. 
We're going to start over and just pretend like nothing happened. Dudes, it's toots time. My uh, favorite moment in any of the DC animated movies and shows that I've watched has to be uh, in uh, Batman Superman Apocalypse. There's about, uh, there's two scenes of Big Barda and Wonder Woman fighting the Furies for a total of five minutes, but uh, there is actually one moment that is so badass that I can't, man, I could watch it a hundred million times. Uh, one of the Furies has kind of a uh, whip with a razor, razor ball on the end of it, almost like uh, Gogo Yubari from uh, Lashina? Kill Bill. And she whips it at Big Barda. Wonder Woman sees this happening, pulls out the golden lasso, whips the golden lasso, catches the whip, then uses the lasso to pull the whip into her hand, then with that pulls the whip forward, whips her leg up, hooks her leg around the whip to stomp the whip to the ground, drawing the fury even closer to her, but to the ground, so that one woman can kick that fury in the face. (laughs) And she goes flying across the arena where they're battling. Damn! It's such a great piece of animation uh, and so cool, and I thought it was a cool way for one woman to use her lasso and a Lasso, I should say, in a new, interesting way. Her lasso, yeah. <laughs> so there you go. But then on top of that, guys, if you've not watched Gallivant, you're missing out. What? That show is hilarious. Two seasons on Netflix. Really? It's great. The songs are funny. The acting is great. I love Gallivant. I wish it would come back. Really? So you were wrong. It doesn't suck. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, four people, four people since that episode have come to me and said, Galavant was great. People tweeted at Zach me. Zach Hollowell stopped me in the elevator at work to tell me that Galavant was great. That's going to be scary when Zach Hollowell stops you in the elevator. Oof. Sometimes, I, sometimes I'm in the elevator alone with Zach Hollowell. <laughs> and I know that he's just come from the first floor bathroom to poop. Yeah. How's it go? Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> he's got a he's got a special one he goes to, huh? Oh yeah, everyone's got a special bathroom to poop in at the All office, right. man. I'm done talking about this. This is disgusting. Let's go to I our mean, final not call. Me. I only poop at home. Let's go to our final call. I don't poop. I don't know if anybody knew that. I'm That's like, I'm like the That thing. is like the biggest lie you have ever told. <laughs> I have witnessed it. I, that sounds absolutely disgusting when you say it like that. <laughs> like you've pooped with the door open <laughs> while I've been sitting in this room. It's because we were having a conversation. Let's go to our final call. Gross. I believe this is Jason Sexier responding to Ketnerd. I don't think he's responding. Hey, I don't guys. Th- Jason Sox calling from the floor of Small Press Expo FPX. Just had a nice uh, drinks and stuff with Chase and ran into Ketnerd. Hey, Ketnerd. How's it going? Calling to say hello. Wish you were here. Talk to you later. Bye. Yeah. They're having so much fun. I know. Damn it. Andrea Shockling's there. Roderick Ruth is there. <sighs> Roderick Ruth. We haven't heard from that guy forever. Yeah, I know. I miss Roderick. I mean, I talk to him all the time on Facebook. But. Oh, do you? Okay, good. I, so we didn't piss him off or something. I don't know if he's. I don't know if he listens to the show anymore. But you know that happens. People come and go. Fair enough. But yeah, he's still my buddy. I talk to him all the time. Well, good. Uh, I would love to go to the Small Press Expo, I and I am so thrilled that all of uh, our friends are. So many of our friends are there. Uh, friends that didn't even necessarily know that they'd be meeting, like Kettnerd and and Jason. Right. Uh. Yeah. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Let's get to our answers. It's 1230. We're done with you jerks. Let's get to our answers. 
Okay, so I mean, I don't mean this is gonna sound like a cop out, but it's not. Okay, I'll be the judge of that. Okay, great. Yeah. Well, for me, the most uh, impactful moment of the of the DC animated universe was the first episode of Batman the animated series when it aired because I remember. This is almost a cop out. I no, I remember. I mean, there are many great episodes. Sure, but I was there air quotes when it happened right like i remember the hype behind it because we yeah i remember too like we knew it was coming we knew it was going to air and we also knew that they were going to have a special premiere night uh uh, during prime time that weekend and i remember watching it live as it happened like that saturday or sunday night at seven o'clock or whatever and just being so blown away. Now, the official record differs from my recollection, but I'm going to choose to believe that the official record is wrong or that there were regional differences because Steve Orlando remembers it the exact same way I do. Okay. Newsarama, Newsarama reached out to a bunch of comic creators and asked them for like their fond memories. And Steve Orlando's memory of watching the Batman animated series as it premiered on... Uh, at night is the exact same as mine. Everyone says the official record says that the first episode that they aired was on leather wings, which was the man bat episode. Right. Which was awesome, which is awesome. Totally awesome. But my, my memory has always been that the first episode they ever aired was the part one of the two part Catwoman episode with the red claw, uh, that like Russian female villain. Right with like the scar dies. Um, like if you look on the internet, that's not what they say. They say, no, that's not how it happened. That while that is technically the first episode, the cat and the claw part one is technically the first episode. Right. When they officially debuted on Saturday morning, the episode that they aired at during primetime was man bat. That's not how I remember it. That's not how Steve Orlando remembers huh. it. And so I'm wondering if maybe like regionally. Yeah, it's got to be a regional thing. They aired, they, they're like, oh, this is episode one and this is what we played. Or alternatively, they played an hour and they showed both episodes. Right. Regardless, I remember like making a point to tune in live to watch Batman the Animated Series and seeing that intro with the music. Yeah. And I think I remember that too. I, I don't think, I think you're right. I, I think it was the cat and the claw. And because I, I remember thinking at the time, I was like, this is a weird one to start with because it's a, like a, a, a villain that they made up for the show. Yeah. And definitely, I don't remember Man Bat being the very first. I remember it was, that. It was episode. not the episode I saw yeah, first. I think you're right. Yeah. It had to have been something like a regional decision by yeah, Fox or something. Could be. Or, right. Um, like in some areas of the country, they don't show passions. Right. <laughs> but it's still going. El passion. Uh, so yeah, I just remember being like it just completely changed the game. I was 14 years old in 1992. So I was in high school uh or if it aired during the summer, I was just about to start high school. And like I just remember the hype behind this new Batman project by these guys we'd never heard of and it hit and it was perfect from the start and it was perfect. And everything they they did since then, everything they followed it up with, uh, when they added the Superman show, and then they started doing Justice League, 
it's only gotten better and better. Yeah. yeah. So for me, like my biggest memory of Batman was knowing in advance it was going to come and waiting with great anticipation and then having it totally deliver. Fair enough. Yeah. Mine was an episode called The Man Who Killed Batman. Okay. It was so good. And it was when I really realized, I think, how clever and how well-written the show is. They're basically, I don't even remember what the heist the Joker was planning was, but he knew Batman's going to show up. Batman always shows up. So he hired some guys, just generic thugs, to slow Batman down. They're just like, look, he's going to mow right through you. Slow him down. Do whatever you got. There's this guy named Sid the Squid was one of them, and he was their leader. And Batman shows up, and they're like, get him, boys, like they always do. But this time, things go wrong, and Sid the Squid kills Batman. (laughs) Him and his boys cause an explosion. Batman is dead. (laughs) And they come back like, boss, whoops, we did it. We killed Batman. Like, you don't have to worry about it. It's over. And the Joker, instead of being like, ha ha, yeah, my nemesis, the Joker turns and goes, what? You did what? He's like, we did it. We killed him. And the Joker flies into a rage. It's like, you weren't supposed to kill him. You know, like, and it's revealed that the Joker truly loves Batman. Yeah. And he gets like massively depressed and reflects on his life. And like, who am I without my arch nemesis? You know, and it builds Batman into this wonderful mythic figure. And of course, in the end, we find out Batman's not dead. Yeah, he, he, he got out of there, you know, and but everyone gets this like really nice, happy ending in the end as well. The Joker has Batman chasing him again. Batman's the badass that we always thought he's not dead. Sid the Squid goes to prison as the guy that killed Batman. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it was such a great episode yeah. because it really played on the relationship of the Joker and Batman in a way that I honestly, up to that point, had never even thought about. Whereas, like, yeah. Batman hates the Joker, of course. Hates, you know, what he does and everything. But the Joker... Or does he, right? Loves Batman. Like, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying that Batman has the same psychosis when it comes to the Joker, but there's something... No, I think he legitimately hates the Joker and wants to go away forever. But to the Joker, it's more than just a game. It is their relationship. It is who he is, yeah. you know? And it goes way past that into, like, his own kind of madness with, like, this is, yes, this is living. This is what I do. And without Batman, who am I? What sure. do I have? I got to go find a new friggin' nemesis. And I don't care about these other guys, you know? <laughs> oh, it was such a wonderful episode. We haven't talked about Superman Adventures at all. That show is also wonderful. Yes, I have not seen as much of it, sadly. It was great. Uh, but it is a great show. Yeah. Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, especially Justice League Unlimited. Oh, yeah. Uh, but there's a... so um, Literally, The only reason we don't talk about Superman Adventures more is because it came after Batman. And I Batman was in was, college. Yeah, Batman was so damn good. Yeah, when, when Superman came out, I was in college. I just, I didn't, I wasn't around to watch it as much. So thank you to everyone who called in and played along or sent us an MP3. Thanks to all of our viewers on Facebook Live. You guys. Yeah, that's you uh-huh. guys. We love your comments, and we love sharing this segment with you guys. Uh, Ethan Harrison, good news. You're just in time for us to be done. Yeah, thanks, Ethan. But while you're there, hey, give us a like or something. You know, Go ahead. Click us a like. And, Joey, before we get out of here, I need you to reset the new question of the week. I can do that. That they're going to discuss next Saturday, yo. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, screw you. Watch this. This question of the week comes from Black Scorpion the Three, who writes... 
I've been listening to a recap of the Booster Gold series by Jeff Johns and Dan Jurgens, and heard that Barbara Gordon's paralysis was a, quote, moment of solidified time that could not be unchanged, as was Ted Kord's death. This was revealed in Booster Gord number five. I'm sorry, what was the name of that book? Booster Gord number five. <laughs> My question is, is there any true moment of solidified time, in quotes, quote, quote, that comic writers can't, won't, or shouldn't undo? Ooh. I absolutely resounding yes. I can name 50, but I'm not going to do that. Well, you now. can pick one. Yeah, we'll and pick save one. save it for next week. We'll pick one, and we'll do it next week. Joe Patrick, how do they get a hold of us? Tell them one more time before we go. You can call us on the Ziggurat hotline, of course, 402-819-4894. That's how you talk to us live on the show, like Jeff did, like uh, uh, Heather, not Heather, Amy. Amy. Heather was watching. Right. How all the people that called us live, if you call the voicemail line, you can leave a voicemail. Yes. (laughs) Prior to recording, or if you get a busy signal, leave a voicemail. Sure. During the show, we'll play it. Or you can send an MP3 to twoheadednerd at gmail.com. Excelsior. Oh, that is it for THN episode 460. They said they said we'd never make it's it. It's a landmark anniversary episode. I, can't I didn't get you it. anything. It's huge. I didn't get you anything either. Okay, good. You haven't been very good this year. If you dig comic podcasts and think cesarean sections are gross, you can subscribe to this show oh. on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. She was brave and I'm, strong. I'm not saying she wasn't brave and strong. Braver and stronger than me. I'm saying it's gross. THN is a listener supported podcast and we want to send a star killer base sized thanks RIP star killer base to all of our supporters both here not here on PayPal and on Patreon. And also that watches on the live stream. I thought you were the people that like That's come to the f- ziggurat and just like lay change down and walk away. <laughs> Look, we appreciate it. Everybody knows we record this. Uh, we have a big sign out front that says anything helps. <laughs> Without you nerds, we don't have the cash to buy all of the DC Animated Universe DVDs that we're going to need to buy now that they've taken them all down off of streaming media. bullshit. Uh, I want to give a a quick reminder. The Hurricane Relief Fundraiser is still ongoing. Uh, We're trying to raise money for the American Red Cross to help out with relief from the impact of Hurricane Irma and Hurricane Harvey. Uh, If you want to donate, please consider donating through the THN PayPal. Just send a a, a donation in any amount to to toeditnerd at gmail.com market hurricane relief every cent will go to the Red Cross you know for your efforts we'll kick in a little something your way if you donate at least $10 we'll send you a sticker if you donate $25 I'll send you a sketch and the more you donate the better the sketch will be like I'll add color It'll be full figure instead. Right on. Of All the details of this are in the forums. You can click the link uh, in the show notes to take you to the post that will describe it. There you go. Please give. You've got until the end of the month. And let's not just forget about this hurricane relief because a news cycle is over. They, these people really need help. Houston was right. almost wiped off the damn map. Before we go, our weekly shout out goes to comics industry legend Len Wein, who passed away last week at the age of 69. Too that is young, man. not old. He's one of the co-creators of Swamp Thing, Wolverine, Storm, Colossus, and so many more. Ween's body work has left an incredible mark on the lives of millions of fans around the world, including these two nerds right here. Without Len Ween, I don't have a Swamp Thing. Man. And you love Swamp Thing. That is my favorite DC character, the Swamp Thing. 
Word to you, Mr. Ween. Thank you for everything. Your art, your creativity, the characters you gave us. We lost you way too young. Until next time, true believers, remember to pre-order your comics or your retailer might just start calling you a daft apeth behind your back. That's a wicked Google. Words hurt. Jeez. This what is a jerk. Two-headed nerd. <laughs> Signing off. <laughs> <laughs>